Roxo Media House. From the Flying Tea Club Studios at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today, featuring former TCU quarterback Brandon Hassel, Hall of Fame voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and former Kansas State head coach, the legendary Bill Snyder, and from Fox Sports, Tim Brando. Plus, we'll check in with our panel of experts. And now, here's your host, the voice of the TCU Horn Frogs, Brian Estridge. Welcome into the Friday edition of Frogs. Today is our football intensive Friday. And man, do we have a line up for you. We'll roll through that list for you because we got guys like Tim Brando that are going to stop by. Bill Snyder's going to be here. We've got our panel of experts. Got a lot we got to get into. We got some music we got to talk about. We got a little bit of hoops. I mean, it's a big day today on this football intensive Friday. So, Friday's get ready for Kansas State, 7 o'clock on Saturday night. It is a blackout. Make sure you're in black. I'm all right. I'm previewing it for you. Got to wear your black for that game, all right? So, that'll happen on Saturday night. As we've been doing on Fridays, it's kind of become quarterback Friday as well as we bring in some of the legendary signal callers here at TCU. And right now, I'm telling you what, he's smiling because he's happy to be here. Not as happy as I am that he's here. Brandon Hassel's with us right now. Good to see you, man. How are you, Brandon? Good afternoon. I'm good. You, yeah. said, you said legendary. Legendary. You're going a little too far no, there. No, Jeez no, Louise, no. Man. I remember still, and this was a tough game, but I remember how banged up you were in that, what we call now the Armed Forces Bowl. Oh. The, the, the Fort Worth Bowl. Yeah, Do you remember how hard. banged up you were fighting through in that yeah. ball game, Brandon? Thing had a, a fractured foot, yeah. Some some uh, some other smaller tweaks that that I had to play through. Uh, that one hurt. Yeah, that, that was a for tough, a while, a didn't tough it? L to swallow for sure. But yeah. it was it yeah. was a heck of a football game, and just and just the character that that's when I became a Brandon Hassel fan was that okay. game, and I was like, oh, this guy's this is a good dude. Right oh man, here. it took you till uh, uh, the, 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 the end of the season, huh? <laughs> the very end. But it, it seemed like I remember you had a hip injury too, or something going into that. Uh, game. I had some some strained muscles yes. in in, uh, in here. I tried to get that taken care of at halftime. Tried to get uh, some fluids, get that wrapped, and. It was it was it was hard to overcome that, especially with the, the amount of option that we were running in the right. first half, and we were really hurting them with that. Yeah, um, if I remember correctly. So uh, that was that was unfortunate. That, that was unfortunate. That was tough. So you, I remember when you got the call. Well, we we're taking on Vanderbilt. TCU yes. was TCU was two and zero, I think, at the time, ranked in the top twenty. Okay. Ty Gun gets hurt. Right. Okay, Brandon Hassel, this is your team. You remember that day when you found out? I I remember it. I remember it specifically. I remember coming into practice, you know, thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to be out there running the show on Saturday. 
Uh, one thing that I think is very positive that, that we had at that time, Mike Schultz was the offensive coordinator and Dick Winder was our quarterback coach. Yeah. And Winder wasn't going to let you get away with not <laughs> practicing like you were the starting quarterback any week. So it wasn't a huge change. It yeah. was more mental than anything like, hey, I've, you know, it's, it's going to be me this week. So um, that was probably the biggest piece. But physically, knowing the game plan, there was, there was nothing that, that, that was going to surprise me. Yeah, and, and you go out and you take on Vanderbilt in that game. It was a good, that was a good game, too. That was, that, that was a lot of fun. Got start. Jay Cutler, you know, yes. looking back on that now, like, oh, hey, take that. But yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a good game. Hey, I beat Jay Cutler, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you take, you'll take that. Tell me what, uh, when, you, when you come out of Arlington, Sam Houston, what were your aspirations at TCU? Like, in your mind, what did you think your career would be? That's, uh, that's a good question. I, I loved baseball coming out of high yeah. school. Uh, was really good at football, and that's, that's what was uh, going to pay for me to go to school. And ultimately, um, just like any kid coming out of, of high school, I think, that gets a scholarship, you want to you play professional sports. At that time, whether it was baseball or football, I thought I was excelling at both. And that was, my, that was uh, what I thought my career path was going to be. Um, I always made really good grades in high school, so I wasn't too concerned about school, which was a big mistake to start with. Um, but uh, ultimately, I had I had a dream of playing professional sports. And you think back on how the the college career ended, was it satisfying? When you when you lose your last game as a senior, um, again, that's that's hard to swallow. Um, looking back at the the friendships, the relationships, the coaches, uh, how much I grew back then. Looking back on that now, it was it was absolutely satisfying. Um, you know, there are some things I, I wish I could have done better. Some things I wish I hadn't have done. But uh, ultimately, in the end, uh, I loved my my five years at TCU. I think the from the coaching staff to to some of those lifelong friends that I met, that was that was the most important thing that that I needed to get out of that. And ultimately, it did lead to to a career in um, banking, finance. And then into uh, at Bell, where I'm at yeah. now. Yeah, I want to talk about that in just a second. Was there a point early on in college when you weren't getting on the field where you ever thought, to, did you ever question yourself? Did you ever go, maybe maybe, maybe this isn't for me? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I, I didn't start a game until I was a junior, a redshirt junior at yeah. that. So um, I had played second string, third string from the time I was a redshirt freshman through that time. And uh, with Ty Gunn stepping up and playing as well as he was in that 2002 season and starting the 2003 season, it, it did enter my mind. That doubt started creeping in that I was never gonna, I was never gonna start a game where I was never gonna play. And at that point, you know, you you feel a little bit lost. Um, I think I saw that as a challenge and just continue to work hard, continue to, to keep that that faith. And uh, ultimately, it it did lead. Unfortunately, um, it was by injury, but it led to me getting on the field. Yeah, because you. Played twenty plus games in your career. You look back on it now. I mean, that's that's pretty good in a college career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I couldn't couldn't imagine that, that my career was going to end up that way. But yeah. uh, that two thousand three season was was phenomenal. It was, yeah, it was, it was just exciting. And oh four, I know there were some injuries that that I think we suffered at the quarterback position yep. that, that really hurt the team and uh, didn't didn't end the way we wanted it no, to. No, I, I know. The uh, was there also a point. As you're going through that, and, and as you look back now, where you think to yourself, man, if I was in today's system, oh, how good could I be? So, in, 
under Mike Schultz, we ran a little bit of option. Yeah, just a little keep bit. Keep the defense, keep the defense honest. A little stop bit of short side from, option. Stop them from blitzing, and <laughs> I loved it. I didn't yeah. mind it. I'd, I'd like to get in there and bang heads every yeah. now and then. Um, the system they run now, uh, similar to what, what I ran in high school, right. get up, the, get out four wide, five wide, air it out. Not not a, all the RPO that you see that, that we do, but um, just airing it out. And I think our, our offensive coordinator, um, yeah, Riley. Coach Riley yeah. is, is doing a great job with, with Max, and I, I'm loving seeing the strides that, that he has made. But playing in a, a system like that, I think that's a quarterback's dream. You know, you guys are kind of similar games. You think about it, your game and Max's game, you both could throw it, but you could also run it too. I mean, you were you were a dual threat. He's a dual right. threat. It's not, and as you said, you like to bang heads. Now, he's oh, yeah. he can be physical. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, you're very similar, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think the game has changed a little bit. You want to protect the quarterback yeah. uh, a lot more, and uh, especially just being being the leader, being the general out there on the field offensively. Uh, for me, I was I think I was a little bit reckless at times, but um, instead of taking the hits, I was I was going to dish him out if <laughs> yeah, I could. Good. I love it, man. You talked about your career because uh, you did have a long career already in banking, and now over at Bell Helicopter. Tell folks what you're doing over there. So I work in a, our, on our military side, I work in sales and strategy. So uh, I've been there for about 14 years, and for the last three years I've been working proposals. Mm -hmm. So um, just Army proposals to the government, trying to rally our teams and, and get the company new business. What a great atmosphere that you're in there. I mean, you just think about, it, it, just, it just bleeds patriotism. I mean, there's so many patriots in that building. I love that, man. Yeah. So working on the military side, I get to work with a lot of former aviators, whether yeah. it's the Air Force, uh, Army, Marine Corps, and that's that's one thing I love, guys that come back after they've they've uh, served their time, and they, they come and work for us, and they're subject matter experts. They've been inside the aircraft that we fly. They know how they perform, and so they're able to give us that, um, that information firsthand and then advocate for us to um, any friends or, or people that they still have in the service. So uh, from a patriotism standpoint, you know, um, it's... It's definitely a, a, a shot, a yeah. shot for, uh, for us whenever you're in that position. I love that, man. I love that. Young family as well. Yes. Got a little daughter. How old is she now? And she's, uh, she's a little over two months. How that, about uh, that? That has been, that has yeah. been exciting. Uh, loving every moment I of that. I bet so, man. Sure. Proud of you, man. Proud of you as a father and a, a husband and what you're doing professionally. Uh, proud of you as a horned frog, man. Always, you. You're always welcome here. Good Thank to see you. you, Brandon. Good to see you, too, Thanks Brian. for coming Thank by you. here. Brandon Hassel, one of the good dudes, always welcome here on our set at Frogs today in the Flying Tea Club Studios. Busy day today on this football intensive Friday. Coming up in a little bit, Tim Brando from FS1 is going to join us. He'll be calling the game Saturday night as the Horn Frogs get set to take on K-State. Remember to wear black for that one, 7 o'clock kick for it. Uh, but first, coming up next, we get some insight from Kansas State's point of view. Bill Snyder, the former head coach of the Wildcats, is going to join us, as will Wyatt Thompson, the play-by-play -play voice, Hall of Famer there at K-State. He'll be by. Coming up tonight, of course, at Showmeyer Live, you got four-time Grammy Award winner Ludacris in town. It's been a big music week, as a matter of fact. Kesha was in town, and guess who was there? Frogs Today. Check this out. Ray Cartwright here with Frogs Today. We're here live right before the big Kesha concert tonight. We're going around asking students, you know, what's their favorite Kesha song? Uh, have they heard of Kesha either through TikTok or her songs before? And just how cool is it that Kesha is here playing TCU campus here tonight? Are y'all big Kesha fans? Uh, I was when I was like 12, but yeah, still I still am. <laughs> I personally made a dance to her song TikTok when I was younger, so I would say I'm a pretty huge fan. 
It's very cool. She's an icon, and I love her. And I know every song. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. I mean, TikTok, bro. <laughs> I'm not, but I know some of her old music. I was back in the day, um, so still love her. Can you tell me a favorite song that y'all have that Kesha plays? Uh, I really like a lot of her older stuff, so like Blow or something like that. It's got to be TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be TikTok. We are who we are. That's we my are. jam. I like we are who we are. You know, just going back to her her original album. You know, the OG. How young or praying? Now speaking of the song TikTok, do you think the company TikTok stole that from Kesha? No. It, I mean, if they did steal it from her, if they used that, hundred percent they stole it from. Her. Probably. Probably. I yeah. would steal it from Kesha. She should have trademarked that. Yeah, she should have. It's yeah. possible. It's, it's possible. Very possible. <laughs> What are y'all's thoughts after that fire performance? Best moment of my actual life! It was so much fun. Love Kesha. So glad to see her back in the game. That was the best thing I've ever seen. It was amazing. I think I lost my voice. That was like the best free thing I've gotten on yeah. camera. What was your favorite moment in the concert? I mean, man, just jumping around, just, just singing every song, just trying to vibe with everyone. I thought when she sprayed the champagne, it was awesome. When what? Kesha came when on stage. When she came back, when she came back on. Yeah, yeah when she came back on. Yes. So encore. Any second that Kesha was on stage. It was awesome, man. Like the vibe was there, the energy was there. I liked Blow whenever she had her gun and like all the smoke was going off. That was pretty sick. Favorite song that she played tonight? TikTok. It's favorite song. Timber. That's always a hit. So good. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Irvin Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today Show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy. For exclusive interviews and content on TCU Recruits, subscribe now at frogstoday.com. Any sport, anytime. It's your source for all things TCU. Only on frogstoday.com. 
Football Intensive Friday right now on Frogs. Today we continue. We get to learn a little bit more about the opponent. For that, we turn to the expert. This guy's the best in the business, folks. He's the best play-by-play -play guy in the Big 12. I'm proud to call him a friend. His name is Wyatt Thompson. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster in the state of Kansas, and he somehow found seven minutes for us today to join <laughs> us via Zoom from Manhattan. Good to see your face, Wyatt. Thanks for hopping right, on. brother. Great to see you, my man. Let's dive right into this because you guys have a really good football team, really one touchdown away from being undefeated against what I think is the best group of five team in the country in Tulane. Give me some sense as to where you think your team is right now. Do you know enough about them to even say at this point? Oh, I, I think we know enough about them, especially in the last three games, Brian. I, I think the first three, I think uh, they didn't necessarily do a ton offensively. There was a lot of worry about that. Uh, and then Adrian Martinez uh, really kind of broke out at Oklahoma, and things have been pretty good since. I know it was a 10-9 to game two weeks ago in Ames, Iowa, but he accounted for 323 of the 388 yards. So he's playing at a different level now, and it's, it's made Deuce, Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, all of those guys around him better. I think it's a good quality offensive team, but the reality of it is I think for the most part, defense has been what most people here are talking about. They've been consistent. They've been solid. Numbers would, would point that out. I want to talk about the defense in a second. I want to get back to one thing on the offense. So you, you, Frogs think they got two pretty good coordinators here. Garrett Riley, Lincoln's uh, younger brother, obviously, is the offensive coordinator. But what Colin Klein has done with Martinez, and really, as Sonny Dyke said this week, what is now a sneaky, creative offensive game plan at Kansas State. I think folks around the country are going to start to figure that out soon enough. You, you said that so well, my friend, because that's, I think, what Colin wanted to do from the get-go. When we made the change uh, in coordinators last year before the bowl game, I think he wanted to make a statement in the LSU game, and you were there. You saw it. I think we saw K-State yeah. was able to play a lot of different ways. I think that has morphed into the the, the season this year. Um, and, and it is interesting, I think, because they hang their hat on the run game first and foremost, and most do. I get that. But I do think they're innovative in some of the things they do with their blocking schemes, a lot of the motion game kind of thing. And then you throw in all of the stuff that they're trying to do offensively, different paces, different looks. I mean, they, they, you can have two tight ends and a fullback in the game, or you could maybe have five wides. Some do that, but not everybody. Right. And it, it's been really solid for them, I think. And let's look to that other side now. Defensively, it looks to me like the strength of this defense is that linebacking core. Austin Moore is as good as anybody is out there. You got nine interceptions already, but four of them by those backers. That tells you a little bit about the pressure they're getting up front, doesn't it? It does to me, and I think it does to the coaches. I, I think that is really, in all honesty, where K-State is the strongest. And it's nothing more than just a powerful, explosive guy in Felix Anudike Uzama and a, and a rock-solid nose tackle in Eli Huggins. Our people say he's the best nose tackle in the league, and I know that's a mouthful. But I think what he is above everything else is just rock-solid in everything he does. Assignment sound, he eats up blockers, <laughs> block people you know, blocking. Yeah. Um, and it gives the Austin Moores and the Deuce Greens uh, the ability to go make plays at that second level. And, and uh, so far, so good. And you're longer in that defensive backfield than people have seen in the past from Kansas State. Got some height back there that causes people trouble. Well, Julius Brents at corner could be a pro uh, yeah. transfer. This is his second year from Iowa. And 
it's hard for me to look at him now and think that he was at one point the third corner there. So mm -hmm. I know they have a good defense too. It says a lot about the the talent they have there. Echo Boydo's played a lot of football here, but the the three guys that that everybody is talking about in these parts are those safeties, and they're all new faces from from uh, a year ago. They've all been really really good. So this defense flies around a lot. Uh, they have made plays. Uh, they've done a really nice job. Uh, not stopping, but slowing down run games. And and uh, I got a sense that they'll be challenged in a big way in this ballgame. Well, I'll tell you what, and I know we got running out of time here, but uh, it, special teams in this game always play a factor, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can talk about the defense. We can talk about the offense. I, find me two better return teams in the country, Wyatt. I don't know that there are any. In my opinion, there are not, because in your particular case, you have Darius Davis, who's so good at both. In our case, we have Phillip Brooks in the punt return game, Malik Knowles in the kick return game, and all three of those guys are game-changing type players. They don't do it every single week, but they're very good at what they do, and if you make a mistake, they are going to make you pay. So, yeah, special to, in a game like this where it's so even, even though you, you think TCU's averaging almost 46 points a game and K-State's averaging in the 20s and giving up 17 – I think these are two pretty even even football teams. You know, it's perfect for me on Saturday night because it's a blackout for TCU, which is good because yeah. it's slimming. You know, it's you, if you wear black, it's it's something you don't have to worry about that. White, I you know I have to th take that into consideration. So you're I'm not looking close enough. Up. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always a pleasure. You're not looking nearly close enough, my man. God <laughs> love Let's you hope, for that. Hopefully, we can uh, we can break bread while you're in town, man. Always uh, enjoy the time. You're the best. You know that and. Uh, if, uh, if, if there's a better one in the country, folks, you're going to have to find it for me because Wyatt Thompson delivers every week for K-State. Thanks for the time, Wyatt. You betcha. You're so kind. Thanks so much for that, buddy. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Irvin Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today Show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. For exclusive interviews and content on TCU Recruits, subscribe now at frogstoday.com. Any sport, anytime. It's your source for all things TCU. Only on frogstoday.com. Frogs Today continues right now on this football intensive Friday, and we are honored to have the legend, uh, Bill Snyder, joining us right now as the uh, Kansas State Wildcats come to Fort Worth on Saturday night. Coach, it's great to see your face. I get a feeling we're going to see two really good football teams on Saturday night. Well, I, uh, excuse me, I agree with you. I, and it's nice to see you again as well. But uh, I think, uh, you know, both teams have proven uh, through the first five, six ball games that they're extremely capable. Uh, both have uh, tremendous strong points, good personnel, and, and tremendous coaching staffs. You know, I think one of the things that stands out is neither one of these teams hurt themselves. They're kind of like your old teams, and that they don't make mistakes, do they? Well, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that. No, I have not seen TCU uh, uh, 
portions of a couple of ball games is all. I have seen all of ours either here at home or away uh, on television. So, you know, I have a little bit better understanding maybe of what uh, Kansas State is, uh, uh, is all about and how at least I envision they're performing. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, TCU has uh, uh, done a nice job, I think, with, uh, you know, being ranked number eight in the country. Obviously, I think it's eight, uh, both teams being ranked. So it's, uh, you know, two ranked opponents and both of them have done the things that, uh, you know, are necessary to be in the rankings. And, uh, you know, being collectively, I think, what, 11 and, uh, and one. Uh, you know, I think I, I like uh, I like both quarterbacks. Uh, yes. the, the youngster here was uh, Martinez was not uh, not perceived to be very adept, but he proved himself and proved his. Uh, I don't think he or his coach needed any help. But Colin Klein, who is uh, his position coach, has done a great great job with him, and the youngster is playing so well as one of the few quarterbacks in the country who hasn't thrown an interception through half of the season. Uh, I think Dugan, you know, is, uh, continues, you know, to be the quality player that he has always been. I think anybody, if I recall correctly, he started his first year there. Yes. And, uh, you know, anybody that started quarterback as a, as a freshman in college and major school, you know, has got to have some tremendous talent and he certainly does that. You, you think about where the Big 12 is today, Coach, and you had a, a lot to do in the building of this league and, and where it stands. I'm not so sure there's a better conference in the country than the Big 12 right now, top to bottom. Well, I, I concur with you, and uh, not because I'm, you know, a Big 12 product. I spent 10 years in the, in the Big 10. Right. Uh, but, you know, when you look at, I think we have uh, in the Big 12, I think there are five teams ranked, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think five teams ranked in the top 25, uh, probably that's, uh, you know, that's, that's not bad uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I think I include one of the teams that's added into the conference. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, and it's always been a, a quality, quality conference. I think there's been, you know, obviously the, there are a lot of great conferences. Uh, and, you know, if you're competing at, at that level, then you're competing against that, the Alabamas of the world, the Southeastern Conference, uh, the Big Ten, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all of them uh, have had quality programs. But I think the uh, well, Big Eight when it was and now the Big Ten has... Uh, uh, over the years has probably been as productive with uh, highly recognizable teams as, as any other conference in the country. You know, you think back over the years, the history between TCU and Kansas State, and even before the, the Big 12 days and TCU coming in later than some of the other teams, it seems like there's always been a link there and a, and a, and a connection between these two schools. And the obvious one, for two decades was Gary Patterson, uh, the former K-State Wildcat who coached here. Right. Well, Gary is uh, not only, a, you know, was a very talented, tremendous football coach. He's an awful good person. He was, yeah. he was a good friend, very good friend of mine. And I think that's probably what made that uh, 
that competitive environment mm -hmm. uh, so much different, you know, for me. Uh, and it wasn't in all reality because of that friendship. You have, you have friendships with all coaches, but Gary and I were pretty close. And so that was a, that was a difficult game for me uh, throughout the years. We were talking earlier in the week with head coach Sonny Dykes about, if you remember a couple of years ago, people were talking about the demise of college football and worried about the NIL and worried about the transfer portal and COVID hit and things had just gotten kind of crazy. And we didn't know where the, well, we didn't know where the sport was headed, coach, but I'm not so sure that the level of play this year isn't as good as we've seen in a long, long time. You compare the college game this year to the pro game and there's no comparison there's some great college football teams and great games out there. Well, I, I think you're, I think that is always going to be the case. I don't, you know, the uh, collegiate athletics, football in particular, has gone through a lot of uh, difficult times, so to speak. And by that, I mean things that would tend to want to pull it down. And I think it has always not only survived, but always grown from each and every one of those experiences. I think it'll continue to do so. You know, it's not just a game for athletes and coaches. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a worldwide encounter. Yes. You know, the people, uh, you know, it, it goes by a different name in foreign countries, but, uh, you know, the nature of the game taken in the United States I mean, <clears throat> Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, uh, nine out of 10 people are invested <clears throat> in the game of football some, some way, you know, watching it on television, being there, being invested in it, have children in it. Uh, it is, uh, I can't think of uh, an entity uh, that really exists that uh, is more prolific than uh, than the game of football itself. You know, it tends to touch virtually, virtually everyone. And you, uh, more often than not for the right reasons. And, and, and I think you make a great point there that it is for the right reasons more often than not. You were a part of the sidelines there at Kansas State, among other schools, for, for so many decades. Is there a part of you that still misses it? Uh, <clears throat> well, I, I love the game. I don't miss uh, the coaching aspect. It took me about, uh, you know, this is the second time I retired, so I right. had to practice at it. Uh, <laughs> and in both, uh, on both counts, you know, it only, so I say only, it took me about six months, you know, to really get beyond it. Uh, that was true the first time, and that was true uh, for the most part this time, you know. Well, we miss seeing you, Coach. We're uh, great to have you on with us here today. We look forward to a great game tomorrow night in Fort Worth, TCU and Kansas State. I think we're in for a, a real physical affair. This is going to be fun. Always a pleasure to see you, and thanks for taking the time for us today. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Thank you so very much. Appreciate one, it. One of the legends of the game joining us right here, Bill Snyder from Kansas State. More to come on Frogs today after this timeout. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. 
Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy. Football Intensive Friday here on Frogs Today continues right now with one of the legendary voices of college football. Uh, this guy, I'm honored to have him on the show with us. You talk about a pro's pro. Tim Brando is that. He'll be making that short drive from Shreveport over to Fort Worth to be here with us on Saturday night for the Frogs in Kansas State. And Tim, good to see your face. Thanks for taking the time. I tell you, this looks like it's going to be a fun matchup on Saturday night in Fort Worth. Yeah, Brian, I'm 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 pumped for this one. I I always enjoy coming to Fort Worth. It's a it's a drive. It means I don't have to go to a place they call a terminal. <laughs> uh, you know, terminals aren't good for you. No. Uh, and and uh, and especially when you got a number eight team that's undefeated against a number seventeen team that uh, probably thinks it should be undefeated and is still very much alive in the uh, not just the Big Twelve race, but I think potentially the college football playoff race. Uh, it makes for um, a lot of excitement. So uh, I, I guess the only downside for um, for uh, TCU fans might be that um, uh, the game is not on Fox. It's on FS1. Uh, but there's this thing called the uh, National League Championship right. Series that, that is, is on. So you're just going to have to settle for Timmy B and Cable. Okay, a place where I've spent a good bit of my career. <laughs> Over the years, boy, I tell you, man, you've, yeah. had some, you've had some great times on cable. I still remember the days with the Braves, and you go to Raycom, obviously, for years. Yeah. And they, Tell me tell me what um, – do you still get charged up for games like this? Do, do these games still excite you? Oh, God, yes. I wouldn't be doing it, I think, if, uh, if I didn't have the same level of uh, energy, enthusiasm, adrenaline flow, you know, all that. Um, I hope that – comes across to people when when Spencer and I are on the air we're genuinely having fun uh every game is um a new experience uh it's it's live sports television which is why I got into this business you know I spent uh, it's been a great run my career no question Brian and I think um a lot of people would love to have uh the experiences that I had both in the studio as well as uh, uh on games but I did spend uh, a lot of time in sterile studios uh, hosting halftime shows in between games and post games. And, you know, there was an article about um, uh, my friends, Ernie Johnson and those guys doing the NBA inside the NBA show. And I was one of the very first uh, hosts of that thing. And I was up until two o'clock in the morning, you know, after playoff games on TNT, you know, basically auditioning, coaches that were about to be fired or future basketball analysts about to retire uh, until two o'clock in the morning in Buckhead in Atlanta. And all that time, I really wanted to be at games. So I, I, I sort of feel like, at least in my inner being, that I'm making up for a lot of lost time that I was in the studio by being at, at the game sites. Now, look, I've had my fair share of great moments, but you know, whether it was at ESPN when I began and we started college game day or uh, way back in the dinosaur era of 1987 or, you know, at CBS, which gave me a, a reinvention of my career uh, when I went to the SEC on CBS in 1998. 
Uh, I started hosting the college football today. Uh, that's a lot of time in the studio, you know, and, and I never really wanted to be there. Uh, it was great for me. Don't get me wrong. Visibility was awesome, but I always wanted to be at the games. So you gotta, you're going to have to put up with me on games as long as they'll keep paying me to be there. <laughs> well, I, I love, love it the so fact. much. And, and, and you know, I, I, I waited a long time to, to be in a booth every Saturday. I, I, I have done my fair share of games, but until I got to Fox, which was now nine years ago, uh, I, was, I wasn't working a regularly scheduled uh, Saturday college football game since my days doing Jefferson Pilots SEC Game of the Week. You know, I, I did about a half dozen games each year for CBS uh, whenever we had double headers. Otherwise, I was in there throwing it to Vern, and Vern was throwing it to me, and that was the way it was. And uh, I did my fair share of NFL games during that period, too. But I was always chomping at the bit to get out every week and, and have a crew and have a, an analyst that I, that I loved. And, you know, Spencer and I now have been together for uh, 25 years at two different networks. And that's something we're both really proud of. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, that you, how fortunate you are, the relationship that you have with Spencer Tillman. It, it obviously carries on with great chemistry on, on the air, but, I mean, just the uh, the relationship that y'all developed off camera is pretty mm -hmm. special, isn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, he's got four daughters. I've got two daughters. Uh, he's about, I think, eight years my junior. Uh, and when he was actually still playing, um, and, and trying to make the Oilers team a second time as a free agent after he had been on the 49ers team that won the Super Bowl. He auditioned with me to be an analyst while I was still at ESPN towards the very end of my time at ESPN. He was working in the offseason at uh, Channel 2 at KPRC in, in Houston, Houston. Uh, back when players actually had other jobs in the offseason, you know, back in that day. Uh and, and uh, it really went well then. And then a couple of years later, who knows, uh, he's out of football. He's working at WABC in New York. And uh, CBS needed to replace Lou Holtz and Craig James after my first year in the studio with them. And uh, there he was. Um, Terry Eworth, the executive producer, uh, knew about him, had produced a lot of NBC games when Spencer was playing, knew he wanted to do TV. And Terry was our executive producer at the time. He brought him over to work with us. They had no idea we knew each other. They had no idea that he and I uh, had I, that I had auditioned him like four years earlier <laughs> and uh, that he got another contract to play another two or three years with the Oilers. But uh, to be together that long and I left CBS abruptly in 2013, he stayed for that for that year in 14, my first year away to Fox. And then his contract was up. And as it happened, uh, Joel Klatt, who was working with me, uh, got elevated to the number one unit with Gus when, yeah. when um, uh, Charles Davis left to go work uh, the NFL. They were moving him from college football to the NFL. So we needed a guy, and uh, they actually asked me, did I have any ideas? And I said, yeah, there's this guy back in, back in New York that I worked with on Saturdays I'd love to have. And um, they brought him in, and we've been together now. This is his eighth year at Fox after we spent 16 years together at, uh, at CBS. So 24 of the last 25 years, we've been connected at the hip. Wow. It's been a great team, too. I tell you, you have a, you have a, a fan in Sonny Dykes, the head football coach at TCU. He and I were 
visiting uh, during his radio show on Monday night. And uh, mm-hmm. he, he said, I, I've always been a, a fan of Tim Brando's. I love him. I think he's honest and dead on. I love his preparation for games. He's looking forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Well, here we are as of this taping, and you can see the Devorian right there. <laughs> there it is. It'll look like an F paper by the time we get through <laughs> uh, with our meeting, which I think this is airing on Friday, right? So, yep. so yeah, by the time uh, I will have already met with him, and, and now I'll have red marks. It'll look like one of my biology tests <laughs> when I was in uh, high school. It won't look very pretty, but at least I'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the main thing. I've known Sonny a long time, and uh, he was. Um, you know, being Spike Dykes' uh, son, you're walking in some very big shoes from the time you're, you know, uh, a kid uh, going into this business. And uh, he's he's had a uh, remarkable career with several stops, and uh, foundation building is his specialty. And, uh, you know, when he was over at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, I got to spend even more time with him. That's just about an hour's drive from uh, from my home here at uh, in South Shreveport. But, um, you know, I did a lot of his games when he had Jerry Goff at Cal. Uh, I was spending time with him there when I was just breaking in at Fox. I did some of his games. And, and, and to see what he did at SMU, you know, and it's interesting because one of those breakthrough wins that helped him get that TCU job was the game Spencer and I had, uh, the Iron Skillet game, yes. you know, when they beat TCU. That. And uh, I guess it was the Bouchelle kid. Yep. Uh, that was quarterbacking that particular game and the and the other kid that had uh, transferred over um, that made such a difference in, in SMU at that time. I, I think that all of that probably played a role in his ultimately getting the job at TCU. What um, What's your take on Max Duggan as you prepare for this game? And I, I'll leave you with this. When you compare Max, uh, the quarterback here at TCU, to some of the and you got some really good quarterback play going on right now. You're going to have Duggan and Martinez both are playing well coming into Saturday night's game. Uh, oh, what's your take uh, on Max right now? Well, you know, the thing with Duggan uh, that, that jumps out is just how tough he is. You know, he's a, he's a gamer. Uh, he, he's not always, it's not always going to be pretty, but it's always going to be effective. Uh, he didn't look particularly good at the first half last week. You know, I'm looking at the tape. He, he was confused. Uh, Derek Mason, the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, uh, was was confusing him with some pre-snap movement. And uh, I think that they got a little locked into to throwing the ball, falling in love with that maybe a bit too much. So, you know, at halftime, the adjustment was made to, you know, get downhill and start running and, and make sure that, you know, DeMarcado and and, and, and others were getting, uh, you know, the opportunity to run the football. And once that happened, uh, then the, 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 the passing game got, got going. Yeah. And uh, it made it easier for them to get to, uh, to Johnston, who's his big play guy. And um, the, the thing about him, the stick to I think. Yeah. You know, the last time, uh, Brian, we were in there was the game right after Gary was fired. That week, Jerry Kill came in, and uh, that was a really very emotional time. Yes. And they were just trying to find a way to piece together a team to play against arguably the best club in the in the league at that point, Baylor, who had a lot at stake. You know, if Baylor doesn't lose that game, they go to the playoff. Think about that. You know, they, they would have gone to the playoff. And um, Chandler Morris put on a show that day. Absolutely put on a show. Uh, Herculean effort. And 
in the case of that kid and and Duggan, both of them sticking it out and not hitting the portal, you know, says something about them that that they are gamers, that they love TCU, that they they want to win. I congratulate them both, and and really, uh, Sonny for holding on to both. You know, on the flip side, Martinez, what a, what a story he is, uh, a kid that was a highly thought of four, four and a half, five-star recruit that Scott Frost was going to build his entire program around. And it just never happened. Right. Uh, there were all kinds of other issues that were outside of Martinez's purview. And uh, I think he had a lot of scar tissue when he was looking to get out of there uh, in the portal. And frankly, after talking with Chris Kleiman uh, earlier today, which we did on our zoom, mm-hmm. uh, he has been just a model citizen, a real leader, and a guy that through the portal has gotten new life uh, in his career. And that's going to be the story in this game, by the way, uh, will be can Duggan back up that second half performance, okay, last week, mm-hmm. and have a solid 60-minute game, not just one half, but both halves, uh, against the Kansas State defense, which is always good, always yes. has great defensive backs. It won't be as easy to to be successful in the passing game against uh, K State's defense because their back end is really good. Yeah, and and then the other factor will be can uh, can TCU, who's been yielding a lot of yards mm-hmm. between the twenties, gotten tough in the red zone? Can they stop Martinez from being a highlight show? That right. kid has been a human highlight film. Uh, at the quarterback position all season long. I think his only poor performance really was against Tulane. Other than that, I mean, what he did to Oklahoma sent them spiraling into the depths of despair. And I think when he made that unbelievable run in the OU game, and remember, this was a a sixth-ranked Oklahoma team at the time. Oh, right. Right. Right? And he just – it was almost as if those four years at Nebraska (laughs) – that had been a, such a burden was just lifted off his shoulders. And he was like, now I can play, you know, yes. now I can go. Yeah. And so I, I think those two guys are going to be the real key elements in this game. Yeah. He's looked like a pro of late. I'll leave you with this. How's that beautiful left-handed swing? How's your golf game right now? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I had not played since August and I went out uh, a week ago, a week ago, Tuesday. We just did a $4 million renovation at the course where I live, Southern right. Trace and Shreveport. And it's, it's in great shape, but we didn't get to play it for six months. Oh, so wow. during the offseason last year, I didn't get to play on my home course where I live until after the 4th of July. Well, it's in great shape. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I want to go out every day if I can. But generally, Tuesday mornings are the only time I can get out. And, you know, it's funny. As you get older... As long as you keep the ibuprofen popping, okay, uh, and swing easy, low and slow on that take back, uh, you actually hit it better uh, when you haven't played in a while because you're just so happy to be out. That's right. And uh, I, I threw up a, uh, a 39 on the front and a 40 on the back, and my goal is always to break 80. You know, yeah. if I can break 80, I feel like I've had a great day. And so, yeah, it's uh, – it's low, slow, and um, and better. I love you it. You know, after you've had a little time off. I love it. We're looking forward. We're looking forward to a great night on Saturday night. Horn Frogs in Kansas State. Uh, Timmy B. Tim Brando will be on the call along with Spencer Tillman. Thanks for carving out some time for us. Sure does mean a lot. I look forward to seeing you Saturday. Happy to do it. And yeah, for Christ's sakes, make sure you stop by. 
I got a lot of friends there. I, I get there early because I want to be at J.J. Henry's uh, setup, his tailgate. <laughs> yep, his tailgate. Oh, yeah. I don't ever want to miss J.J.'s tailgate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just great to come back to to, uh, to TCU all the time. Got a lot of friends there, and I'm always uh, happy to, ever, to be in Fort Worth. There he is, the great Tim Brando, joining us here on Frogs today. Coming up, it's our panel of experts. We'll break this game down even further. TCU number eight. Kansas State number 17 when we continue with Frogs today after this timeout. Simply the best barbecue in Fort Worth. Dine-in, catering, or drive-thru. 2900 Montgomery, just off I-30. Remember, the best barbecue in Fort Worth is at Railhead Smokehouse. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain, save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Football intensive Friday continues right now. We've got our panel of experts and we start with the one that matters. Melissa Tribewasser joins us via Zoom right now. Hey, Melissa, I wanted to get your take because I can talk to these other guys anytime. I want to know what you think about the halfway point of the season right now for the Horned Frogs. Sitting at 6-0 and on the season, this is a little bit more than a lot of folks were expecting out of this team. Give me your assessment here at the halfway point. You know, I think it's really important to keep things in perspective. You know, um, I, I keep telling people if you had told me at this point TCU was two and four or three and three, I, I probably would have accepted that if you saw the improvement and you saw kind of the slow build and there was reason to have hope in the future. Um, and to be six and zero oh at this point with three straight wins over ranked opponents, uh, bowl eligible already, is is kind of heady heady ground for TCU fans, I'm sure. And so. Um, while I think it's appropriate to to change your expectations from maybe seven and five and eight and four to wanting something more than that, if this next stretch of schedule does not go quite as well as the first stretch, I think we have to be okay with that too, because you can obviously see the signs of something special being built in Fort Worth. And you think about where you are at the halfway point as far as injuries are concerned, starting to starting to build some depth and the consistency that you've been able to have on the offensive line, defensive line, things of that nature. That does bode well for a pretty bright future for this year, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, the fact that TCU has stayed, knock on wood, this healthy to this point, I think is a great sign for what they're doing in offseason. And we heard that word nutrition thrown around so much at Big 12 Media Days and early part in the season. And you're saying the dividends really pay off, I think, now at 6-0. and So depth is going to be critical. Losing Marcel Brooks for the season obviously hurts that at the linebacker depth. But the fact that the entire five, same five offensive linemen played every snap of that Oklahoma State game has got to be a great sign going forward. So as they continue to build the depth and continue to remake this roster in a way that, that Sonny Dykes wants to build it going forward, I think just kind of enjoying seeing these tools being used appropriately along the way has got to give you a lot of hope for what TC is going to be this year, next year, and five or ten years down the road. We talked to Tim Brando earlier. He's got the call on Saturday night, obviously, on FS1, just to get a feel for what the national media is starting to think about TCU. When you talk to your peers and colleagues around the country, what are they saying? What, do you think folks are starting to pay more attention now to what's happening here in Fort Worth? 
Well, just the fact that the national media wants to talk about TCU, right? I mean, this has been a program who hasn't been a national program really since 2017. And so you're seeing these big name guys, these national reporters uh, come into town to want to cover games, to want to be a part of what TCU is building. And I think Sonny Dykes kind of flinging open the access to the program early on has also kind of invited more scrutiny in a positive way. So when you can open the doors and say, please come on down and talk about TCU, and then you can back it up on the field, that's got to be a great sign again for TCU going forward so yeah I mean it's fun to be a fun football team a team that national folks are excited about talking about that people around the country it's college football fans are talking about you can't turn on a, a, call, a radio show a sports talk show a, a podcast without hearing them bring up TCU if they're talking college football and so I think last week obviously a lot of the shine was on Alabama and Tennessee for good reason but the Horn Frogs have a chance to really make a statement Saturday night and to continue that narrative of this is not just a team that has Big 12 out title aspirations, but is looking to play a January bowl game this year, which of course would keep them in the narrative nationally for the rest of the season. Fourth straight ranked team now for TCU as an opponent. I mean, this is the gauntlet you got to get through with Kansas State. What are you thinking on Saturday night? I mean, Kansas State is, is when you talk about what Sunny Dykes has done, I think a lot of it comes down to culture. And when you talk about culture in the Big 12, Kansas State has been one of those programs that epitomizes what a difference culture can make. But I think the thing that's different from this Kansas State team and some of the ones that we've seen in the past is just the talent level, the speed on both offense and defense. They have a six foot four quarterback. It's a transfer from Iowa, a guy that's really going to be able to play Quentin Johnston in a way that nobody else has done. And then Deuce Vaughn is just frankly one of the most dynamic players in all of college football. So um, Adrian Martinez is going to be the difference maker, which Adrian Martinez shows up. If he can protect the football and be accurate when he's asked to throw, then Kansas State's going to come in and, and have a really great shot to pull off the upset here. But TC is playing with a lot of positive momentum. I think they're really excited about what they're building. They know how important this game is with the national spotlight and primetime game tuned to them. They've got the blackout, another sold out stadium. I think the atmosphere in the Carter is going to be pretty electric, and, and I think TC is going to show up ready to play. I don't know why I need to bring these three guys in. Come on in, fellas. Uh, th- these guys are going to show up now. We've gotten all the info we need from Melissa. Hey, let me, let's leave with this. What are you working on on frogstoday.com? What can folks find there from you right now? Hey, if you want to hear the Kansas State perspective, did a great interview with Luke Thompson from Bring on the Cats. That's, that's up and live on the site now. Um, always my Monday morning quarterback piece is something I really enjoy doing, and it's been a lot of fun to write these last six weeks. So we'll look forward to, to seeing you guys check those out. Uh, Luke gave us a great podcast interview, so you'll definitely want to hear from him as well. All right, you're the best. Melissa Tribewasser joining us here, frogstoday.com, part of our panel of experts. The other three guys are with me right now. You you know these guys. You know Coach David Bowden. Uh, he's alongside. The man in the in the port-colored pants. That's right, baby. That's right, is uh, Jeff Wilson and Drew Davison. Good to have him with us here on yes. set. All right, Drew, here's the rule. You can't talk unless you got the football in your hand. Yes, All sir. Right? I'll walk through it a little <laughs> bit with you, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get the process down, okay? Let, let, let's start with that. All right, let's start with Kansas State, and let's talk about the success that they've had so far. Six and one on the year. Chris Kleinman's team doesn't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They don't get penalized, and everybody's talking about the offense. But Coach David Bowden, it's the defense that makes this team go, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sure is. Coach Klanderman is was with Coach Kleiman over at North Dakota State. And, and really that toughness that you get on offense translates over to the defense or vice versa. But it's just a tough, hard-nosed football team. And this defense will start off and, and give you all kinds of fronts. They start off in an odd front. They've got the big nose guard in there, Elijah Huggins, who's really an old, true 
two-gap style guy who kind of keep the pressure off the linebackers. Elijah Moore, uh, they've got Daniel Green, who's sort of that default fourth rush guy, 6'3", 242 pounds. So he's an also a rusher, but a, but a great linebacker as well. And then uh, Felix Aniduke Azuma is a, a sack machine. So they've got players all over the place. They've got the scheme. They play hard. Uh, this is going to be a, a real challenge on Saturday for the Horn Frogs. I tell you, you did a lot more than I, I would have stuck with just Felix. But you, you pulled it off, man. I'm, I'm proud of you for that. No, and uh, linebackers may be the strength of that group, right? Yeah. Can we absolutely. say that? All right, so good defense here. Everybody talks about the offense. I mean, they got Martinez from Nebraska, obviously, at quarterback now. You got uh, Deuce Vaughn at running back. Drew Davison, you ready, bro? Oh, All yes. right. In uh, the Chardonnay pants. In the Chardonnay pants, that's right. <laughs> but here's the difference about them. Uh, in, 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 they may have those explosive weapons, but it's still Kansas State. What kind of pace are we going to see? Yeah, Brian, I think, you know, this is Kansas State would love a game the first to 20 wins, right? They want <laughs> to play a time of possession. They they want to keep Quentin Johnson and Max Duggan and Kendra Miller on the sideline. They really like those types of games when they're playing TCU. Obviously, we've talked about their offense, but I really think TCU cannot get off to a slow start. Uh, like they did last week because that plays right into Kansas State's hands. So the Frogs have to come out on fire offensively. All right, good deal. I like it. A quick start for him. Now, one of the things that Sonny Dykes has done is brought a fast start to TCU, obviously. Opened up 6-0 and on the year. Kind of been par for the course for Coach Dykes' teams in the last three years at SMU. Out of the blocks quickly. There have been some this week, though, that have been talking about what happens post-November 1 on a Sonny Dykes team. But if you look at the schedules, Jeff Wilson, it's probably explainable, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, the first person who's talking about this is, is Sonny Dykes. He's yep. talking about the need to finish. Uh, he, he knows what his, his track record is, and it's not just at SMU, but since his last stop was SMU, we'll yeah. do SMU. 21-3 and three before November 1st, 4-8 and eight after. I was no math major at TCU, but that's not very good. Uh, so so what, what do you have? You, know, you, you could look at the SMU schedule those years. It's kind of backloaded with the good uh, AAC. AAC teams, uh, Central Florida, uh, Tulsa, Memphis, uh, TCU, is, as Brian and Melissa talked about, has kind of run through their, the hard part of their schedule. At least that's what you'd think with four-ranked opponents. There's still Baylor and Texas. You know, you can't sleep on at, at West Virginia or Texas Tech. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. D does depth, does TCU's improved depth and talent help get Sonny Dykes to the finish lane this year? Uh, the good news is it's October. There's a couple more weeks to talk about to talk about good things before we dive into November, but it's on people's mind, especially with TCU off to such a good start. I think I think one difference maybe for this year for Sonny Dykes is Joe Gillespie too, the defensive coordinator. If you've noticed, week in and week out now as the season progresses, he adds a wrinkle or two that keeps the opponent uh, offline a little bit, and I, I think that's going to help him down the stretch. All right, let's do talk Kansas State's offense. So when they do have the football, they can be explosive. Martinez, the quarterback, can run it, can throw it. Deuce Vaughn, though, is the interesting guy to me, Coach Bowden. Here he is. He's not real tall, but he's fast. He's shifty, stronger than you think, too. Yeah, he's really well put together. A kid out of Round Rock, Texas. He went to Cedar Ridge High School. He's a Texas guy. He's going to be fired up back in state. He's also, when you look at him, he, entering the season, he was the third in, in yards per touch. So that's receiving and rushing in, in Big 12 history. So, you know, he has a chance to be at the very top of that by the end of the season. 
He's a guy that they use out of the backfield in the passing game. Obviously, he can run in their power offense between the tackles. He kind of gets lost between that big physical offensive line who are also athletic, so it's, it's pretty dangerous. And when you plus one him with, with Adrian Martinez, it, it's really pretty lethal. But the one thing about Deuce Vaughn, you look at his stature at 5'6", he's a guy that's going to help in pass protection. He's going to stone some linebackers coming through. So it, this is really a, a, a big-time running back. You know, kind of kind of squatty, but he's su super powerful and, and adds another layer of firepower for this offense. All right, here's where I get a little bit confused. So when you start running down the comparison of the two teams, Drew Davidson, you got a quarterback who can run it and throw it. You got a running back who's been really good, Deuce Vaughn and Kendra Miller. You got maybe the two best return teams in the country. You got defenses that are coming on. Find an advantage for TCU somewhere in there for me. Yeah, well, I, I think Max Duggan. I, I think the way he's playing right now, the way he's able to move the ball with his feet, he's obviously gotten more accurate, and I, I think he gives him an edge. I, Martinez has obviously played great for Kansas State, but I think TCU has the quarterback edge, and just I don't think anyone saw Max Duggan doing what he's doing these first six games other than myself. Yeah. I was on the Max Duggan train <laughs> there you go. back in spring ball. Uh, but, no, in all honesty, I, I, I think – the way Max Duggan has played and is leading this team, there's just a belief, and especially the fourth quarter comeback last week. I just think that he will be the difference maker come Saturday. You know, when you think about a Martinez, you look at his numbers, and Coach Bowden backed me up here, just four touchdown passes on the year. They're getting it done predominantly on the ground, where Max is doing both right now right. for TCU. All right, Jeff Wilson, I got one other thing for you before we get into our, our predictions. Slide on up here, All right. because this is, this is important stuff now. Uh, Frogs are 6-0. Yep. You got to Kansas State, who's six and one. The eyes of the nation are on this matchup. Okay, who cracks? I don't know that either one cracks. I just think that that some 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 team is going to come come and make a play, and 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 that's not doesn't necessarily mean that a team's going to make a mistake. Just some team is going to make a play, and you saw TCU make a lot of plays. They have home field advantage. You know, the, the Kansas State last game uh, against Iowa State it was at Iowa State, ten to nine. Kansas State made a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, they, they had the, the fumble in the end zone with the, the, the receiver going in. Uh, I think they missed a couple field goals. So uh, they, they can't play like that. They are coming off a bye. Sometimes those byes, while they make you feel better, they take you out of rhythm. And I think if TCU starts fast, maybe they catch Kansas State flat-footed, and, and maybe that could be the difference in the game. Stay right there. I want to know oh. your prediction. What do you got? Uh, you know, I, I, I think a couple things. TCU uh, has talked about starting fast you know they they fell behind early uh against uh against oklahoma state they came out flat in the second half against kansas so i think i think that's a priority i think they'll start fast and i think they really understand that kansas state is going to minimize their possessions so tcu is going to try to uh use a lot of tempo try to try to keep kansas state on the field try to keep them from substituting so I think if, if they're able to successfully accomplish those things, I think TCU walks out a, a winner. I'm going to go somewhere in the 31-23 range. All right, let me see you mesh with it. We're going to oh. see you mesh with Coach Bowden there. I like it. All, All right, right, Coach Bowden, what do you think here? What do we got? Well, I, I think it's two offenses that are trying to do the similar things with their quarterbacks, meaning continue to change the launch point of their quarterback, right, whether that be different drops or, or, you know, throwing behind the tackle, spring out fully, all those things. I want to get them on the move. But I just think with the environment, the blackout game at home, I think TCU takes this one 32-24. All right, toss sweep to Drew Davison. Let's go. Let's see what we got. What no, do you think? No fumble. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I like TCU as well. I, I think they're going to start fast, and I think they're going to – 
jump out to a little bit of a lead. K-State's going to hang in there, make it interesting in the end. I don't have it as high scoring as these two. I'll go 23-16. It's been 360. 23-16, I like it. It's been 360, I like it, 360-plus <laughs> games since someone's returned to kick on Kansas State for a score. That ends on Saturday. Horn Frogs win big. 31-7, TCU <laughs> takes care. Yeah, you heard it. 31-7, TCU takes care of Kansas State Saturday night. Hey, thanks to all these guys for coming out here. Drew Davidson, obviously, who's with us now at frogstoday.com. we got Jeff Wilson, of course, Coach David Bowden, to Melissa Tribewasser as well. Thanks for being a part of this show here on this Frogs Today. Uh, we talk a lot about football today, obviously, getting you ready for that game on Saturday night. There was another big event that happened in the city of Fort Worth that we at Frogs Today want to make note of. Check this out where the Mamba Foundation built a brand new basketball court for our friends at Hope Farm earlier in the week. Here's a look at it right now. Have yourself a great week. We'll see you Saturday for pre and post game shows all live here at frogstoday.com. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House. Roxo Media House.